Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to our Wizard of Oz series on every version ever. This week, my friend Mark Brown is back, and we're talking about Legends of Oz, Dorothy's Return. For some reason, this movie has basically become a meme at this point for how terrible it is, but part of me thinks that a lot of that is due to internet hyperbole. I don't think this is a good film, but I've seen a lot worse, and Mark actually liked it, so I guess you should just watch it for yourself and make up your own mind, and not listen to people on the internet. Wait. It didn't mean me. You can keep listening to me. Just ignore all those other people. Has turned upside down. Has turned upside down. Has turned upside down. So had you heard about this one before we watched it? Yes, I actually watched this film um, a couple of years ago, maybe 2014 or so. And I was one of the few who I actually, believe it or not, and I don't know what your opinion is, but we'll find out. But I, I actually like this film. I actually do enjoy the film, even, even on the second view, in which I literally watched last night. I still enjoy the film. I find it charming enough i find it the animation very very colorful and fast moving i enjoy a lot all of the characters pretty much the songs are definitely way better than journey back to oz they're, they're not amazing songs but i mean they're still overall better but i know i was in the minority because i know a lot of people just hate this film and film was actually was a box office bomb when it came out but i mean no i would definitely watch this film again what did you think <laughs> Well, I did not have the same positive experience that you did. I mean, I did not hate it, but I didn't love it. I think I probably liked it better than Journey Back to Oz. Only probably? Well, I mean, it had it had completely different problems than yeah. Journey Back to Oz. Like, when it first started, I was like, oh, this is promising, because the, the opening titles, they were, like, great. No, no, I love the way they introduced the, the the opening credits and the characters. Like, like that was so clever. Just a, an object that represents the character, and then the name of the of the voice actor, and then other objects with you know the name of the director, production designer, and all that. Mm-hmm. But then when it started getting into the character stuff, I was like, this is going downhill quick. <laughs> like. The Scarecrow, the Tin Man, and the Lion, I mean, they're decent interpretations of the character, but at the very beginning, they, they had, like, the Lion and the Tin Man acting like they hated each other. Yeah, they're about to fight, yeah. All their dialogue was just driving me crazy. It was like, who wrote this? Like, the, it, looked, it looked good, but, like, they needed somebody else to go script and rewrite some of it. I actually found some of the, those lines at the beginning kind of funny. <laughs> maybe, maybe it didn't actually match the what do you expect from the character of the Tin Man line. Yeah, but I mean, hey, they were they were definitely better than the Journey Back to Oz. <laughs> that is that is very cool. <laughs> Them especially. Yes. I mean, you don't have to do much to get better than Journey Back to Oz, where the, the characters won't even help with the problems. <laughs> definitely true uh, i don't know i it was just i just enjoyed it it's it's not like you know my top 100 favorite animated films of all time but 
I, I would say that this one is more watchable than Journey Back to Oz was because, okay. like I said, with Journey Back to Oz, I I literally fell asleep. <laughs> no, no, this would definitely. I think, to, I think the colors are what was a huge influence on, to me on this film. It just kept it was just vibrant and kept me, mm-hmm. you know, glued to the screen to watch it. Yeah, and, and the animation was decent too. It, yeah, it wasn't like Pixar level, but it was. Better than I expected. No, no, definitely. The, the, all the characters' and movements flowed like they. I was, I was impressed. I think my my biggest problem with this movie is the script. I did not think the characters were written well at all, and not even just the the first scene. Like when you get into the real world and you get back to Dorothy, like her aunt and uncle seem like completely disconnected from reality. Like their house has been destroyed by a tornado and you have this shady appraiser guy coming in and condemning their house. And they're just like, Oh, okay, well this is grown up stuff, Dorothy. Don't pay attention. It's like, <laughs> the, there's obviously something wrong with this guy. and They're acting like they need to listen to his every word just because it's a grown up matter that Dorothy can't understand. It's like, <laughs> That that really bugged me, and like at the beginning, before you know that this guy is actually a con man, I was like, "This is not how the government works." Because <laughs> I was thinking, like, I was thinking that this was like an actual government appraiser guy, and he this is how that they had interpreted how the government works for this movie. And I was like, Who, "Nobody in the government is going to act like this." I mean. Some may have less compassion than they than they should, but nobody was like completely dispassionate about everything to the point of they're almost gleeful that they can condemn all these It's like it, I, it made more sense when you find out he's a con man, but the reaction or lack thereof from Aunt M and Uncle Henry was just baffling to me. It was like this guy is insane, and you guys are acting like it's normal. <laughs> Well, maybe they're in shock from the, the recent tor- tornado. <laughs> uh, I suppose. They didn't communicate that well through the script, though. <laughs> That's definitely interesting. Like, we have a Wizard of Oz film where the human part is about an appraiser condemning buildings. <laughs> yeah. Could you tell what time period it was supposed to be? Because I guess I assumed that it was going to be, like, turn of the century, but it, the cars looked near modern. I'm, I was getting like a 50s, 60s vibe on it. Yeah, I don't know. It, I couldn't figure out what time it was supposed to be set in. Because the clothes looked n- not fully modern, but like almost. Yeah. And then they had the other weird choice, which is not a bad choice. It was just kind of weird to me, was the fact that in Oz, they talk about like years have gone by. But yeah. for Dorothy, it's it was yesterday. So they're going with Narnia rules. Is there any precedent for that? <laughs> I mean, in a way, I guess it it, it makes sense. Like, uh, if we look back at the 1939 film, exactly how long do you think Dorothy was in Oz traveling that yellow brick road to find the wizard? I've, that definitely wasn't only a day. No, but I guess I assumed that because that film was supposed to take place in her dream, that time didn't matter. True. I just never thought about time because it was a dream. Yeah. But in this version, as far as I know, it is not a dream. I don't think. I think this actually happens to her. 
no, no yeah, this wasn't a dream. They, they definitely made it seem like it wasn't a dream. So the the thing about the time difference kind of it was weird to me because I've I mean it's not unheard of in this kind of story because that's how Narnia works, but I don't remember ever hearing that about Oz. So I didn't know if they just made that up for this movie or what. I think they just made it up for this film, but I actually actually like that um, that fact that they put in this lore. Mm-hmm. And Dorothy has this uh, reputation amongst everyone as <laughs> she's famous all across the land now. <laughs> Yeah. And the uh what do you think of the songs in this film? The songs were decent. They were they yeah. were they were way better than Journey Back to Oz. Definitely. From what it seemed, it seemed like a lot of different people wrote each song. I felt maybe if they had if it was the same people writing every song, there would be some consistency between each. It would feel more cohesive. Yeah. Yeah. I I I get that because there were several songwriters because i was looking into some of the backstory on the movie yeah quite a few people writing the songs i really enjoyed the the, when the joker is singing the song with the candy and it just goes on that riff about naming types of candy i enjoyed that part a lot yeah that that whole thing was kind of (laughs) weird you would think like that's the thing so the joker well not joker jester is the uh brother of the wicked witch Uh and um, at the end of the film, in the climax, he, he he uses that magic wand or whatever to summon a tornado to destroy Dorothy. You would think he had done that. You no, know, first he's like, "Now we're gonna make yeah. him. We're gonna make change the signs. We're gonna make the law and get uh-huh. candy. Then I'm gonna, you know, pretend to be fireflies in the cave and set them down the wrong path. And then finally, at the end, he's, you know what? I'm just gonna destroy them directly. <laughs> yeah, that's another example of like. Somebody should have gone over this script a little better. Yeah. Just one of many inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. But overall, I I like Brenda Peters a lot as um, Glinda. Yeah. She didn't have much of a role, though, beyond showing up at the beginning, then getting turned into a puppet, and then yeah. coming back at the end. Yeah. I guess that's just like Glinda in the Glinda in 1939 film, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Shows up <laughs> Basically. What do you think of like all the like Wiser the Owl and the Marsh Marshall Mallow and Tug? Uh I don't know. I mean they're fine and they make sense, I guess, in the world of Oz. Yeah. But just to me it felt like they were kind of just made up in instead of being like actual Oz characters. It was like somebody thought about something like, Oh, this is how Oz feels, let's make something like that. And it kind of was because, um, do you know what the story that this was taken from? I had read it. It was, it was based on the book that the, the grandson had written, right? Or the great grandson. Yeah, the great grandson. He wrote this, this. So this was Dorothy of Oz. That's the story. And I guess to like Oz purists, this one is non-canonical because L. Frank Baum did not write this one himself. Yeah. But this was written by his great-grandson. But I was surprised that it was it was written in 1989. Yep. So it was, it was kind of, I guess, sort of recent. I mean, it was written after I was born. So yeah. it makes it feel like almost modern to me. So it was weird to have something like that be the basis for a movie. Because I was yeah. expecting this to be based on well, either based on one of L. Frank Baum's books or to go the journey back to Oz route. 
yeah. take elements of a book and then build their own story. I think if I'm not mistaken, this same great grandson, he wrote another book previous to this called Lion of Oz, I think. It was like a pre, it was like, I guess the Cowardly Lion's backstory. <laughs> and that also was made into an animated film, apparently. Yeah, I'd heard about that one too. I've I've not read any of these books. And he yeah. wrote like somewhere between 10, 15 maybe Oz yeah. books. And I think he's still alive. He might even still be writing them. I don't know. Yeah, he's still alive. I checked when I looked him up the other day. Last night, actually. <laughs> I don't know if you want to call it fan fiction or what, but I mean, it's fine. There's I don't, there's nothing wrong with using his books over L. Frank Baum's if you want to, but I think that might have been what made me feel like the characters weren't as solid as L. Frank Baum's. I can get that. They didn't have enough substance, I guess. Like, I don't really know what the story was with the owl, <laughs> where where he came from. Like, I don't even remember why he joined Dorothy. Did they even say why he went with her? I think he did, but I, I can't remember. Yeah, it didn't feel like they built the characters very well. And they gave Marshall Mallow a, a reason for going with her, which was that he needed to find the ruler of the Candy Kingdom because he was another person that the jester had turned into a puppet. The general, yeah, General Candy Apple, yeah. Yeah, so that was his impetus for going with Dorothy, but did that story ever go anywhere? Like, I don't think they even had them reunite <laughs> or anything. No, they just kind of changed it to a love story between him and um, China Doll, Princess China Doll. Yeah, and that was another thing, the China Princess. <laughs> like, I don't know how it is in the, the book Dorothy of Oz, but in the actual Wizard of Oz book, the China Princess is not like this. She was like kind of awful. Yeah. And like, I don't know why that they would want to have Marshall Mallow even fall for her because she was like her whole thing, like her, she was supposed to be finding a suitor and she's like rudely turning people down, like critiquing their looks. And then she like screams at all the China suitors and and kills them. <laughs> I was like, she just straight up killed all these guys. It turns out they're not actually dead. She tells the menders to put them back together. But like, I don't remember the China princess being this awful in the original story. They still have Marshall Mallow like fall for her, even though she's kind of being awful and shallow, even to him sometimes. Yeah, just, her character was very inconsistent to me. She's like awful one minute and then sweet the next, and it's like pick a side. Uh, I, like I said, I like her character because of this this character of her, and I thought the Megan Hilty, I guess she brought her Broadway, you know, over the topness into this voice mm-hmm. performance, and I enjoyed that a lot. Well, the voice was great. Like the acting was great. Just yeah, the way she was written was. Too inconsistent for me. I, I guess the, what you were trying to do with her is she was always shallow and cares about appearances and looks, but in the end when... I even forget, I forget where this happened, but in the end she gets shattered. So she's willing to risk her, her life and her you know perfect looks and body to have a few cracks in it to save the people she loves. Mm-hmm. I guess that was, that was what they were trying to do, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. There was a lot of things that I could tell they were trying to do, but like I said, I think somebody needed to go over the script a bit better. I think one of the things that stood out to me is, you know, the the, the tree that um 
volunteers mm-hmm. to be the boat. And he's like 900, whatever that's said, 178 years old. So after they make him to a boat, Dorothy's like, you know what? We're going to call you Tug. It's like, this guy's been alive for 978 years. I'm sure he has a name. <laughs> but you're just going to go, no, no, no. You know what? I'm going to give you a brand new name. I'm calling you Tug. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I was I think I was too distracted by the fact that until I actually saw him like the full tree being made into the boat, I was just thinking, this is really morbid. They're gonna chop this tree up to, to bits and he's okay with it. Yeah. And it turned out they were like they carved him into the boat, which is a lot better. Yeah. But they didn't make that very clear at the beginning. I thought they were gonna kill the tree. <laughs> <laughs> Going the whole given tree, given tree route. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of, and I hate that book. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was the first thing I thought of. So we're gonna call you Tuck. <laughs> like, just to go up to random people that have names and be like, "I'm calling you something else." <laughs> uh, I did not even think that. that was a good point. <laughs> and then also in that song sequence where they're they're carved name, then we see cameos of the field mice and the. Uh, Mm-hmm. The sawhorse from Those of Us. Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah, I liked the cameos. I wish they had a little bit more to do. Mm-hmm. I like that they actually included them. Mm-hmm. I like the can. I like. I like the whole candy court scene. That and amused me. <laughs> I I just want to know why the candy people just wanted to go straight into death. <laughs> Instant death sentence. It's like the candy they were eating wasn't people. They were just eating candy that was growing out of the ground. But was it? We don't know. We don't know the lore that's going on there. Maybe that's how candy that's gets true. born. They grow them and then oh, they no. go. <laughs> they eat the babies. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of ways you could go in this movie. Oh, Oh. Legends of Oz, eating babies and renaming old folk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was weird. The end was weird too. Like, as abrupt as the end of Journey Back to Oz was, this one, it was like even more abrupt. Mm. Like, they, they saved everybody. And then as soon as Glenda appears, she's like, oh, Kansas must be missing you by now. And then they're all saying goodbye. It's like, the battle literally just ended and you're getting rid of it. <laughs> it's like after Avengers Endgame, as soon as you know Thanos is dead, he's like, well, I got a flight to catch. <laughs> yeah. At least I remember this ending compared to that, That's true. Like I said, this one, it wasn't the greatest, but it was at least more memorable than Journey Back to Oz. So even the ending, when she goes back, right, and she goes to the, the shelter... Uh, where the you know the guy is um, uh-huh. collecting all the deeds from all the tenants, like all the tenants, all the all the homeowners are ready to give up their homes to this guy, and Dorothy just stands up on the on the table for three seconds. It says two sentences, and they're all like, "Hey, you know what? She's right. Why didn't we yeah. think about that?" <laughs> yeah, another thing that made no sense to me, Mm-mm. like. They were all ready and willing to give up their homes with basically only this guy's word that they were dangerous, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what the scheme was because, like, you can condemn a home, but, like, that doesn't mean you get to take it. 
I don't know what these people thought that I was doing. It just, it was weird that Dorothy was able to run in after she was told not to by her aunt and uncle. She was like, this is grown up stuff. And then she does it anyways. And then they, all the people like immediately turn around. Dorothy's the hero and her aunt and uncle are so proud of her, even though she did exactly what she was going to do. And like, even weirdly, the sheriff, he's like around the whole time helping the con man. Like, uh-huh. And he bothered to check identification or something. Yeah. Like I said, there was all the stuff with that guy just did not make any sense to me. Yeah. And as soon as I heard his voice, because I, I, I didn't remember his character from the first time I watched the film, but as soon as I heard the voice, I realized, oh, this is Martin Short, and he's going to be, it's like Wizard of Oz, he's going to be the jester in the, in the Oz world. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize at the beginning, but then after I'd seen the movie, and then yeah. you get to the end, and it's like, oh yeah, it's the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> and the monkey was his... I don't know, minion. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's why he doesn't. Right. The minion, the minion doesn't talk. The monkey doesn't talk. Pushes <laughs> both of them around. They're both short. Yeah, you're probably right. So, well, that was Legends of Oz: Dorothy's Return. I know, that, I know, it definitely had. I didn't research it much, but I know it had quite some production history going on. I looked into it a little bit. If if you're interested, I found there's a guy on YouTube. The channel's name is Electric Dragon 505. Yeah, yeah I know he is. He's the animation guy, and he did a he did a couple of videos with Noah Centineo, I think. Talking it's, about this, it's about Noah Centineo because the way it was oh. worded, I thought this Noah Centineo was in the video, but he's not. Oh, okay, it's about him. The the whole backstory of this movie is more interesting than the movie itself <laughs> because it from what it sounds like basically this movie was made by scamming like hundreds of people out of money like that's the way to do it <laughs> the two guys who are behind the movie I don't know their first names but they he called them the Carroll brothers basically okay. they were tur- going around telling people that they, they could buy into this new franchise because they were building a Wizard of Oz franchise. They got the rights to um, the books by the great-grandson, okay. uh, Al Frank Baum. Just his books, not Al Frank Baum's books. Yeah. So they were going to do a franchise based on his books. So they were telling all these people all these grand plans for mm-hmm. like the first movie, I think two sequels, a television series, video games, phone apps, all these different things. And they got, I think the final total that he came up with, because he, he ended up talking to people like who were involved in this. And the final number was like over $130 million wow. that they, they, they got from early investors. But then their, their public announced budget for the movie was $70 million. But then talking to people later, it turns out it was more like probably closer to 30 million even though it's officially on the books as 70 million yeah so basically these guys walked away with a hundred million dollars in money and the company folded basically there's currently a massive lawsuit going on around this film like these guys are being sued by all the investors oh it's still going on Uh, apparently the it just happened like because that's (laughs) nice because when he made the first video early this year, 
I don't think that the lawsuit had happened. And then mid mid 2019, the lawsuit came up and more people were talking about what was, what went on with this movie. And then he made the second video to like do an update on everything he learned since. So basically this movie was built on fraud. (laughs) Nice. The Hollywood way. (laughs) Apparently from what he was saying, this isn't even the first time the wizard of Oz has been used as the basis for a movie that ended in fraud because there was another scam that never made it to a finished movie. It was for a movie that was going to be called Oz 3d. He said it was going to be like a modern retelling and they only made it to like, maybe like $20 million. I think he said, and then they were arrested and charged with all sorts of different kinds of fraud. So the people behind Oz 3d were arrested for only a fraction of what happened with legends of Oz. Wow. So if this lawsuit ends up going not in their favor, these guys are in big trouble. Gosh. I think just to point out one reason, I guess he's talking about Noah Centineo in the film. And in these videos is oh, yeah. his father, Greg Centineo was uh, one of the producers. Yeah. That was, that was another like subplot of the whole, yeah. I don't know if you want to call it a conspiracy or what, <laughs> but like the, the guy, Greg Centineo, the father of Noah Centineo, who I guess Noah Centineo is like a big name in like teen movies. He looked vaguely familiar. I think I might've seen him on a Disney channel show at one point. He was in, um, I think it was in that Kiss and Booth movie on uh, Netflix. I never but, saw that one. But I, he, he's a recognizable name for teenagers these days. Yeah, the people younger than us know him. <laughs> yeah. So basically, the, his dad was involved in this scheme somehow and used the money that he got to build his son's career. Wow. <laughs> that is something, <clears throat> if that's true. Yeah. This is like a completely different version of like the school scandal with the other celebrities yeah. <laughs> doing behind the scenes to build up their kids' careers. Well, that is kind of no sense. Yeah, he, he achieved fame really quickly. Yeah, then that's it. Sounds like the, this movie is the reason <laughs> he's not even in it. Mr. Centineo, what do you what do you uh, say is the the start of your long and curious career. Well, you know, it was Legends of Oz. Don't you uh, I, I kind of feel bad for him because I'm sure he didn't really know what was going on. No, no, yeah. yeah. Sure not. It's like the school scandal, too. I don't know how much the kids knew what was going on. It just kind no, of... Probably not, yeah. Get them into these situations. I hope everything works out fine. I don't know. Uh, I think he's in the he's going to be in the new Charlie's Angels movies coming out, mm-hmm. I guess, next month. I'll I'll put the links to these videos in the description of the podcast and YouTube video, just in case anybody is interested in looking into this. You'll you'll be warned. It's like an hour of watching videos because there's a lot to this story. Like, yeah, yeah, I can imagine watching the surface in this brief discussion. But yeah, it's <laughs> the making of this movie is crazier than the movie. It's bizarre. Watch someone make a movie about that now. <laughs> you know that. That may happen. They already made a movie of the school scandal. Oh, it's, really? <laughs> like, it's a lifetime movie. Oh. Like, I, Rachel was talking about it. Oh, yeah, she would know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, like, if this blows up to 
the point where it's more than just the animation community that knows about it, I bet there will be a movie made about it. Imagine if The Legends of Oz Dorothy's Return becomes famous. <laughs> it, I mean, I, I like the film, but even I wouldn't say this is a film that needs to be, you know, yeah. being known by everybody. It won't be famous for a reason that the stars and the producers would hope. <laughs> no. It would overshadow everything else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, overall, this film, I know most people and critics don't like it, including our friend Rachel. <laughs> I had to talk with her um, when I first saw the movie, but I liked it. <laughs> That's pretty much all I got to say about it. <laughs> well, I'm glad somebody likes it. Yeah. I mean, what's the point of something exists if everyone hates it? <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's like it's not horrible, but it's not great for me. I I probably wouldn't rewatch it. Oh, okay. But I didn't hate my life while I was watching it. <laughs> or fall asleep. That's true. But there have been movies where I was just like actively despising it while I'm watching. It's like I'm only watching this for for my review or whatever. You're probably gonna watch it if you haven't already. But um, have you seen The Witches of Oz? I remember. That was a mini-series, right? Yeah, it came out like 2010, I want to say. I remember that coming out, and I don't remember if I actually watched it or not. Because I remember looking forward to it, but I don't remember if I actually ever saw it. I saw it, and I really, I was really disappointed. I, I hated it. Like, it's, I think it's my least favorite Wizard of Oz okay. film. But there, there are two good things I liked about it. Christopher Lloyd is the Wizard of Oz, and two, it has the most epic Tin Man ever. <laughs> okay. Although he's in it for like I mean, probably the whole three hours, <laughs> but that's just something to look forward to if you ever get to that. Yeah. I don't remember Christopher Lloyd, so maybe I've never seen it. But it's one of those things. It's been almost ten years, so yeah. <laughs> like. In two weeks, I'm going to forget these two movies. So maybe I did see it and I just forgot them. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm going to have already started to forget Journey Back to Oz. <laughs> no, no, the Journey Back to the Oz is like, it's mostly gone. Yeah. <laughs> the Oz will stick around a little longer. because it's only the it's elephant awesome. sound in your, in your brain now. That will never leave my brain. That will never leave. <laughs> <laughs> that sound is awful. Anyway, I guess that's probably all. Yeah, I don't think I have any other thoughts. I think we went, we said all we had to say, all we could say about both of these films. Yeah. So, all in all, I like Legend of Oz much better than Judy Back to Oz. Yeah. Well, do you want to let people know where they can find you? Well, you can find me on my blogs. I have an animation one, the animation commendation at markb4.wordpress.com. I have a live-action Disney blog where I'm trying to watch and review every live-action, theatrically released live-action Disney film I've ever made, and that's my live-action Disney project.wordpress.com. And I'm sure uh, Jonathan will put some of the links down below. Yeah, yep. Okay, well, thanks for joining me on this. Oh, thanks for having me. I always enjoy, you know, coming on these podcasts, talking, talking in-depth about animated films or other films with you, and hope to come back again. Thanks for listening to this episode of Every Version Ever. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you prefer. And of course, make sure to follow my co-hosts as well. 
Any relevant links will be in the description for easy access, and we'll see you soon for another brand new episode of the show. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Every Version Ever.